Welcome to Follow Your Curiosity, Ordinary People, Extraordinary Creativity. Here's how to get unstuck. I'm your host, creativity coach, Nancy Norbeck. Let's go. Before we get started, I want to let you know about a way to hang out with me online. If there's one thing I know for sure, it's that when ordinary people engage their creativity, they connect with their joy and their deepest selves come to life. I've started a newsletter called The Spark. It's a place for me to experiment with my writing and share it with an audience, and also a place to get to know you better. I'm using the Substack platform because it offers some really cool ways to connect with readers, including comments and chats. I'd love for you to join me as we form a community that supports and celebrates each other's creative courage. Because it's an experiment, you never know what sort of thing I might share on the Spark, and honestly, neither do I. Could be my thoughts on something I've noticed recently, a poem, a response to a photo or a piece of music, or just something completely unexpected. It's always accessible, always personal, and usually has something to do with creativity. The Spark is where I'll be adding programs for subscribers and listeners too, so you really want to be there to hear what's happening. It is totally free to subscribe, and you can find a link to The Spark in your podcast app. So sign up today. I can't wait to see you there. Podcaster Jesse Jackson hosts shows on topics from Doctor Who to Babylon 5 to musician John Hyatt to Bruce Springsteen. I met Jesse when I appeared on his show, Set Lusting Bruce, where instead of Springsteen, I talked about my deep affection for the Norwegian band AHA. I wanted to hear about Jesse's creative adventures in both fandom and podcasting, and we talk about everything from why you should stop thinking about trying something new and just do it, what we've both learned from our podcast experiences, and why everyone has a story that deserves to be heard. And there might just be a little dishing about Doctor Who in the mix, too. Here's my conversation with Jesse Jackson. Jesse, welcome to Follow Your Curiosity. Thank you, Nancy. Excited to be here. Uh, I think curiosity is a good thing. And uh, and too often we don't follow it, do we? So good job for you bringing this out. <laughs> Amen to that. So I start everybody off with the same question, which is, were you a creative kid or did you discover your creative side later on? I was a kid who loved reading. Um, I was not someone who liked to draw or do Legos or Tinker Toys. I mean, though, like we had Tinker Toys and I remember the, um, oh, what was the Mattel uh, creepy crawlers, right? Where you you would put in mm-hmm. stuff and everything. But all my creativity was in was in reading. Um, I, I wasn't. I thought about writing, but I got. I was lazy. It was too hard to try to write a story. But I always, in my mind, was thinking of stories and exploring stories. And I, I've always had my book my nose in a book. I remember once we went to Mammoth Cave on a church trip and uh, my mom didn't go with us. My dad did. And uh, he was, he was talking about something that someone bought uh, like some souvenir and mom said, Oh, well, what did Jesse Wayne buy? He said a GD comic book, which I did. I saw a comic <laughs> book there in the gift shop that I didn't have and I bought it. <laughs> Well, there you go. So, so then where did reading take you? 
So I've done a lot of thinking on this, Nancy. Um, I was, my mom was a very big mama's and daddy's girl. Mm. She did not like to be away from her family. My dad was in the military. So I can remember Christmases where he couldn't get off, but she would, doesn't matter, pull the kids in the car, drive down to Louisiana because I'm going to spend Christmas with my mom and dad. So, um, so I, I counted once. I went through 12 different schools between kindergarten and eighth grade. Wow. Yeah, because my mom would pick me up and move like in a minute. I, I couple of years, we went to three different schools. Um, and so reading, I learned very quickly that it was, it was not smart to make friends because you're going to have to leave them mm-hmm. and that's going to hurt. So books became my friends. The books were where I kept company, uh, whether it was comic books um, and I read every kind of superhero comic book, Richie Rich, Archie, Casper the Friendly Ghost. Uh, and then, you know, once I found novels, um, you know, and I would start just, I would go through phases. Like I would, I was always someone who went to the the elementary school library or the high school library, the local library, and just would find books and just grab whether they were mythology or, uh, you know, different. I'd find a, if I liked an author, I would just go through everything I could find from them. Went through a stage where I adored, I still do, Isaac Asimov mm-hmm. collections of short stories and everything and then and things he did. So reading gave me friends. Mm-hmm. Reading gave me worlds. Uh, we were, a f- in fact, this is, I was in a podcast just recently talking about my, my mom had a very violent um, temper. And I remember as a adult, my dad told me, yeah, I sometimes worried leaving you kids alone. Like, what would she do? Like, and you let us alone? Like, wow. the, like, okay. Let me unpack that for a minute. But so reading was where you reading was quiet. Like, you know, she couldn't she couldn't scream at you because the TV was too loud or you were playing too Mm -hmm. loud. If you're reading, you're quiet. Um, So it gave me a safe place to hide, a safe place to go, friends. And um, and I think it's like I pretended being a member of the Legion superheroes. I thought it would be cool to be a hardy boy and go discover mysteries. Um, I remember one of my first books was a timber trail riding club where this guy learned had never ridden a horse and he started working there and he learned how to ride a horse and made friends. So uh, that's what reading came to me about. Um, And I still am a, a reader. I have, um, I I was a late um, kind of, I, I did not grab onto a Kindle. I liked a physical book. I liked having something, you know, physical that I could hold in my hand till I realized that with the internet, I could start a book on my Kindle and then later that day or the next day, pull up at the same place on my Kindle app on my phone. 
Mm-hmm. And I went, oh my goodness, like I'm never without a book now. Yeah. And so then I still have, and you know, if you look behind me, I have rows of actual physical books, but I do, that is the, the beauty of a Kindle or a Nook or whatever electronic reader you use is that instead of having to pick six or eight books on a weekend trip, you just bring your Kindle and you have a library with you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It is the most magical thing. Yeah. And, you know, when we go back, right, like I could watch, I can now see any Star Trek episode I want. I can. And I remember when my wife bought me the first Kindle and, um, and I, I had not read, I bought the first episode, first book of the Hunger Games trilogy and I finished it. And then they had a sneak preview for the second book. And then it's like, do you want to buy this book? And you pushed one button and poop, it's there. I went, okay, this is dangerous. (laughs) This is dangerous. (laughs) You know, that's funny because that was the first book I read for Kindle too, but I read it on my iPad Mm -hmm. because I didn't have a Kindle yet. And that was when I decided that I wanted the Kindle because the iPad was too heavy. Yes. Yeah. But that was, that was my first Kindle book too. Yeah. And, you know, I, and the other thing is, um, this is very sexist and I apologize, uh, but I've heard this quote years ago and I think it's so true. Um, I buy books the way some women buy shoes. (laughs) 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 And, and, I realize that's slightly sexist, but the idea is right. I I just want it because I want it, right? Mm-hmm. Like I like you know I I just I, I I want to own that book. And part of the joy of a Kindle is you can say, "Well, I'll put this on my to purchase list," so I don't have to pay for it now. But I know that if I wanted to get it for eight ninety nine or fifteen ninety nine, it could be there and immediately. Like I haven't bought the new Stephen King book Holly yet. Because I know I'm not ready to read it. And and eight years ago, I would, doesn't matter. Still got to buy it. It's a new Stephen King book. Order it. And now that I'm like, no, no, no. I can wait till I'm ready to buy it. And I don't have to go to a bookstore. I can just go to my Kindle, to my app and order it. And it's there. Right. Right. Though the other great thing about the Kindle, of course, is that you can have 2,000 books and not have to store them anywhere. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I had to store all the books that are on my Kindle, I'd be in yes. so much trouble. <laughs> it is. And, you know, there's also a beauty to, um, you know, I feel like rereading this book. Um, today we're recording this, uh, Todd Goldberg has a new book out and he is a detective writer and it's the fourth book in his gangster trilogy. And he explains why he has four books in his trilogy in an interview that he did with me. But um, he mentioned there's one of the characters in this book was in a short story of his previous collection. And I went, Oh, so I could pull up the Kindle, read that short story again. Oh yeah, it sure was. It's good to see her again. So, yeah. Yep. Super easy. 
Mm-hmm. Almost too. Absolutely. Much. It's a little terrifying. Yeah. Though we've lost the joy of going to bookstores, or at least I have. You know, I used to live in bookstores, even if I didn't buy anything. It was the most magical thing to just go and look, even if I had just been there three days ago, you know, just to go and see what was on the shelves and pick things up and read the backs and flip through them. And I don't do that anymore. And it makes me really sad when I think about that. You know, Nancy, there is, um, I remember people who would have collections in an index card kept in their wallet or their purse of books they were missing in a series. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'd go to the used bookstore, look for it. Um, I think it's a common story for people who are my age and that when you found the new artist, you would go to the, whether it's a, a writer or a musician, you had that same thing. You would go to the music store and you would go to where the albums were and you'd look up their album. Yeah. You know, the it's a V or a B or a T or an X. And so like for me, uh, in 77, I discovered the Beach Boys. So every record store I went, I went to B's and just flipped through looking, oh, I don't have this one. Mm-hmm. And pick it up. Now then, it's just there. There is just, oh, I want to hear this. Oh, let me stream it. It's on Spotify. It's on Amazon Music. And oh, if I really like it, I can order it. And the same issue you have, where do I store all my physical DVD, uh, D, uh, you know, CDs? You know, they're, they're now in the cloud and you have all the music. So, yeah. 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 You, you really lose that whole thing. Yes. I don't, I don't know. I can't imagine. Because now that we're talking about this, I'm I'm kind of picturing, and we were saying before we got started that, you know, I was just trying to explain to my 11-year-old nephew that back in the day before we could stream old Doctor Who episodes, we would read the Target novels, which, you know, to an 11-year-old, <laughs> I might as well have said that we read them on stone tablets or something. Um, and And yet, you know, trying to imagine being 11 and and being able to just pick up the remote and pull up whatever you want is such a radically different experience from you know the that moment of you know walking into the Walden books and hoping that you would find any doctor who novel much less one that you didn't have right i mean it was like this treasure hunt where you didn't even know exactly what you were looking for. It was just something different, you know, something that I know that I don't have. And you might find three of them and maybe one of them you didn't have if you were lucky, you know, but there was such a thrill in that because you didn't know what you would find. And now, again, this makes me feel like I should you know, get out my blue hair and my cane, but <laughs> I just, it almost seems too easy. You know, like there's, there's no excitement of, will I find this cool thing today? Because you know, it's all there, you know, and then the same thing with the record store, you know, is there a new album out? Is there a, a new thing that I'm going to stumble on? Cause that was the thing of, of 
going into the record store or going into the bookstore, you're looking for this thing, but you stumble on this other thing that you didn't expect to find. And hey, this sounds cool. I'm going to try this. Yeah. The, the other thing we've lost, Nancy, is the surprise. Mm-hmm. Like, we are going to know. In fact, we are. I will not speak for you, but I will speak for Charles and I, who did the Doctor Who podcast. You know, we're irritated. They haven't announced when the new specials are coming on. We're like, come on, let's go. When are you going to do this? Um, There was a time, right, where you you didn't know what was coming on until you got the TV guide the week before. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, or the, you know, and much less um, there you go to the bookstore. There's a new Stephen King novel. I didn't know there was a new Stephen King novel. I didn't know. And now then we know months in advance. Right. We know the date. Uh, it can be delivered to our Kindle. Or if you want the hardback, you know, I still buy a lot of music on physical discs just because I'm an old fart. Um, <laughs> and actually, there's a practical reason why Nancy. So I have a 2012 Mitsubishi Lancer. And that model came with a hard drive. So if you put a CD in the CD player, it burns it automatically to a hard drive. So then you didn't have to carry the CD. So I have like, I have like 200 CDs on this hard drive that I could listen to anytime, right? Like if I want. Um, How cool. So, yes. So that also means at this point, I'm like, do I really want to trade my car in? Because I've got, I like, do I even have right. those CDs anymore? And I would, and, and I realize it's practically the same thing with your iPhone. Right. But, right. uh, but it just, there is that. Yeah. Like I have Bruce Springsteen's, I had bought his autobiography on CD. And so, and you had to tell it not to record. Like when you put it in, it immediately starts recording is the default. So you would have to say, no, don't record this. So, yeah. yeah. So I have. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of fun that I have this, uh, you know, and there's some CDs that I haven't listened to for a while. But every once in a while, I will turn off the podcast uh, and will just pull up. And there is a way to say um, scramble. Mm-hmm. And shuffle to where we'll go through, just randomly pick a song off every CD. And when I'm on a trip, sometimes I do that just to go, wow, I haven't heard that song forever. Or wow, that song sucks. Why is that on here? <laughs> <laughs> so there's a little element of surprise there. But that yes. is really cool. I had no idea that there was ever a car that had a system yeah. that did that. Yes. Yeah. So I have this. Yeah. And I, and I don't, I'm, I'm sure there is a limit to the CD the drive, but it, it, so far it's not. And I, you know, it, it's hilarious. Um, and it lets you pick like, um, my new musical obsession is a guy named Jason Isbell. And so I was able to put all of his, um, CDs into one playlist, just like it would on my phone. And when I was driving down to Austin to see him perform live, I, for the couple weeks before I did nothing but listen to Jason just to get me ready for the concert. That is so cool. I will confess, I still buy stuff on on CD sometimes too because I live near the Princeton Record Exchange. 
Which okay. There is a real element of surprise there because you never know what you'll find on their shelves, especially if you dig through their uncategorized budget CD section, mm-hmm. which you sure. can find all sorts of wild gems in there. But I also, speaking of being an old fart, don't do, I, I don't have a Spotify subscription or an Apple Music subscription or anything like that because I'm the kind of person that I want to like listen to this album for a while and I'll listen sure. to it for for a while and then I'll decide that I want to switch to something else and you know I I'll just go and say this is the album I want to listen to if I don't have it I'll grab it from Apple or Amazon or wherever and I don't do that enough to be worth blowing the money on the subscription so I I hear you yeah yes yeah so I'm very weird that way too not at all (laughs) which is you know what I what I did with a bunch of aha stuff after I talked to you a couple months ago to come up with a playlist for you. But, um, by the way, I've been enjoying that. Um, I, I, I have liked it. I'm not sure they're very different, uh, but I've enjoyed the playlist and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to spend a little more time with it and then I'm going to have you come on and we're going to talk about it, about why you pick these songs. I'll tell you what I thought about them, but I've been enjoying that. That's been a lot of fun. I've had, um, you did that for me, and then I had someone on who is a huge Todd Rundgren fan. Oh, wow. And so instead of just Hello, It's Me and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a couple others, he uh, he sent me a deep dive of Todd Rundgren songs, and I'm, I'm going to do that, too. That's fun. So. So, so let's actually, let's talk about that show, because that's how Jesse and I met, is that I did one of Jesse's three podcasts, which is amazing to me that you do three podcasts. It's I get exhausted just thinking about trying to do three podcasts all at the same time. So technically I do four. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I felt bad. Like, should I just tell her? Can I tell her? Yes. So uh, yeah, um, I do a Doctor Who podcast, Next Stop Everywhere, that is out every other Wednesday where my buddy Charles and Skaggs and I have been doing this, God, for ever since Capaldi started. That was our first episode was right before he was going to start. We did a welcome to meet the host, and then we covered his very first episode. So wherever that was, we've been doing that. We will go weekly when it's new episodes. And then on the off season, we go every other week. And we visit Classic Who, Modern Clue, who we will do, um, we we haven't done novels, but we have done plenty of the big Finnish audios, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about that. So that's one. Uh, the other one is Next Stop Up, the that's Next Stop Everywhere. Then Last Best Hope for Conversation, JKM Media, is my buddies, Lou and Karen. I started out podcasting a podcast that was called the Scapecast, which is a Farscape podcast. Farscape was an Australian mm-hmm. science fiction show with Jen Henson Muppets, and it's a really, really good show. And Lou and Karen had seen every episode multiple times, and they were doing a rewatch, and their shtick was you had a rookie watching the episodes that didn't know anything about it. And so I was the rookie. Uh, <laughs> and we got all the way through the movie, and we had a wonderful time. Well, Lou got a complete set of Babylon 5 episodes for Christmas a couple of years ago. And he says, you know, I've never watched Babylon 5. Do you want to do a podcast? And we're like, ah, we don't have time. We don't have time. And finally, we just 
said we're going to make time. So he and Karen have never seen Babylon 5. I've seen every Babylon 5, so we have switched. And so we every week we discuss a new episode of Babylon 5 uh, for them, an old one for me. And then we do that for the first hour recording. Then the second hour, just for fun, we randomly pick just the show. We Right now we're going through 12 Monkeys. We went through the English. Um, you know, we've, we've done um, the... Um, Station 11, we just, each of us takes turn picking a series to talk about, and we do that. So um, then Perfectly Good Podcast is my smallest podcast as far as listeners, but it's a sweet one. Uh, John Hyatt is one of my favorite musicians uh, that he is best known as a writer. His biggest hit was Are You Ready for This Thing Called Love, done by Bonnie Raitt, and Sylvan Groth and I are going through every John uh, Hyatt song in alphabetical order. Uh, and so we do that. Uh, we do that weekly. Wow. Uh, we put out an episode for that. And then Set Lusting Bruce, which is the podcast that takes up most of the time where you and I meet, is a podcast dedicated to the power and magic of, of music. I started out talking mostly to Bruce Springsteen fans, but over the years I've adapted where I just like talking to people who are passionate about music or anything. Um, usually we go in through a music angle for except yourself, you, you loved AHA, um, but we also <laughs> talked about creativity and your podcast mm -hmm. and everything. Um, so we, um, so that's where, and that's, I've done over a thousand episodes. I've been doing this since 2015. Um, and I just have talked to people from around the world, uh, from Russia, from Europe, UK, South Africa, uh, you know, Canada, all over the US, um, and just talking to people about music and sharing stories. And it has truly been a, a major blessing in my life. Um, to hear how music has helped people so much to celebrate the good in their life and to get bad, to get past the bad in their life. Yeah, that I can see how that would make sense. But also just, just from my own experience, you know, I've been doing this for nearly five years now. and the range of people that I've been able to talk to, and I haven't done nearly as many episodes as you, <laughs> has been amazing. It, you know, you you start something like this and you really have no idea just where all it's going to take you, which is part of why I think anybody who wants to start anything should just do it, even if you don't have the faintest idea what you need where it's going to go, especially if you don't know where it's going to go. That's okay. Let it, let it take you where it wants to take you. But, you know, if you think about trying something new, starting something new, this is one of the reasons you should do it because it, it just, you cannot predict the scope and variety and wonderfulness of the people that you will encounter and the things that you will learn from them. And it's amazing. You know, Nancy, I'm so glad you said that. I see you know, I'm in different Facebook groups and Twitter hangouts and stuff, and I'll see people 
well, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. I'm thinking about starting a podcast. And I always want to go quit thinking about and just do it. Yeah. Right. And the other thing I think people make the mistake of is, um, is they invest a lot of money and equipment to start out with. Like, no, no, no. You, you know, you can, you really can just do this very inexpensive. Mm-hmm. And just my, my advice is make sure it's a topic you want to talk about because yeah. you may not get any listeners to begin with. And that's okay because you don't care if it's a topic you want to discuss Two, make sure it's a topic broad enough that you're not going to run out of ideas. Right. Yeah. You, you have to give it and and you don't, you do need to be a little specific. Well, I'm just going to have a general discussion topic. Okay. Well, that's you, hard to sustain. Yeah. That, yeah. Because you like, you got to have a little bit of a hook and three, just do it, you know, just get out there, record it. The first episode's going to be bad. The second episode will be a little better and then you'll continue. <laughs> and I, there are still times when I uh, sit there and go, God, I sound horrible. <laughs> you know, <laughs> boy, that was dumb, but you know, I have fun. Yes. And you know, the other thing that, that I think probably stops people even if they don't consciously realize it is that everybody hates the sound of their own voice you know all joking aside you know oh that guy loves the sound of his own voice yet not when you hear it on a recording right it freaks you out the fastest way to get over that is to start your own podcast and start listening to your episodes because you know you're gonna cut out whatever you know edit down the beginning and the ending at the very least I, I think it took maybe a month before it doesn't bother me anymore. You just get used to it. So if it if if you're thinking about starting a podcast and that freaks you out, just keep going in the knowledge that it won't take that long before it just literally you won't even notice the difference anymore. I agree with you. I had the exception today. Um, I was recording with a buddy at my lunch and it was the last time he had joined me, he he said something after uh, he said, I've been thinking all day. I'm tired of talking pro wrestling because he does a pro wrestling podcast. I can't wait to talk Bruce. And the first thing you do is ask me a wrestling question. And I went, <laughs> so, so when I got him today, I said, and I'm not going to ask you about L.A. Knight, which is a new wrestler. And he laughed and I laughed and I heard my laugh and I heard me squealing <laughs> and I went, God, it sounded horrible. And it had been a while since I've had a problem with my voice. I agree with you. I, I think all of us remember as a kid with a cassette tape mm-hmm. and you're going, that's not my voice. Right. That isn't what I sound like. And then someone explained it's because you hear yourself through the bones and all this mm-hmm. other um. But yeah, once you get used to editing, it's like, yep, that's, that's me. That's That's it. You know, and Linda will joke. That's Linda's my wife every once in a while. She is not all the time, but every once in a while, I'll, Ooh, you got your podcaster voice. Like she'll walk by while I'm recording and like, Oh, that's it. You must be talking serious because you've got your podcast voice on right now (laughs) versus my normal, just, you know, high pitched visiting story. Yeah. Yeah. So, so do you think then that that the the Springsteen podcast is the one that that you've learned the most from? 
Yes. Um, I learned a lot about editing. I also learned a lot about um, understanding sometimes it's not going where you want it to go and you have to control the conversation. Other times what you think is going to be a great guest isn't. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, I've got to cut bait. You know, politely, we'll do this. Um, I've the other things I've learned that work really well for me, and I saw a discussion about this this week. Is someone said, "Do you give your guests the questions in advance?" And there was a lot of people that said, "Never, never. I don't want them prepared. I don't want it." And you know, I said, "I give an agenda because we're going to talk a specific about." A musician. Um, and often I have people joining me who aren't used to talking to in public or are used to talking about something else. They are a podcaster about curiosity or substance abuse or, you know, building a team. And so I want to kind of give them an idea about um, the topics that we're going to discuss. And most of my feedback from my guest is, I really appreciate that, Jesse, because I kind of, you know, I, and we never do it directly. And you've been a guest. We don't, oh, now it's time to ask this question. Mm -hmm. You just have a conversation, but you know, in the back of your mind, he's going to ask me if I've ever seen this band live and how many times and, you know, and tell stories. And it gives the guest the chance to say, oh, yeah, um, I had this experience and I want to make sure I remember to tell it because I think it's a good story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the biggest thing I've learned. Um, I, I have to remind myself all the time. I, I, I get caught up on the download numbers like everyone else. Like, yeah. wow, I was down. Gosh, June, no one was listening to this podcast. Yeah. Like, what did I do wrong? And then in August, you know, it went up and you're like, okay. And so you realize that you just got to put it out there and remember you're just doing this because you love doing it. Do you yeah. find yourself, because I tend to notice that for some reason the numbers are lower in July. Oh, yes. And, and, and I, though for some reason this year they were higher. I don't know. It was weird. But I find myself just kind of inventing reasons like oh everybody's on vacation it's july everybody's on vacation and then like oh september everybody's back from vacation i'm like i have absolutely no way of knowing what's going on in july or september you know but but the human brain just makes stuff up because you want to know why the numbers are the way they are so in from may to june my downloads went in half set lusting bruce yeah. in half and july they went up a little bit more but then in august like it went higher than it was in may so i'm like okay are they playing catch up is it the summer people are too busy to listen to a podcast um you know so yeah i i so i remember that there are themes that um Business will go bad in the fall during the state fair here in Dallas. Food 
people go to the fair. So therefore restaurant sales are down, you know, I'll go get my haircut and they'll say, uh, yeah, we're, we had an uptick cause school starting. Mm -hmm. So we got a lot more, but in the summer we, business is slower because people are on vacation. They don't go. So I think everyone does that. And there probably are cycles out there. Um, my day gig is a, uh, we offer roadside assistance in the RV industry and starting in spring break all the way till probably in the next week or so, you know, our volume just consistently goes up. And then starting 4th of July, it starts slowly going down because people do less travel. But during the summer and 4th of July is our peak, we will be, that will be the week around 4th of July will be our busiest week every year. Wow. I never would have thought that there was, you know, roadside assistance specifically for RVs, but it makes perfect sense that there is. Yeah. Yeah. Carefree RVing is our slogan. And it's such a, um, our owner is such, he, he loves the outdoors. And, and this truly is about, you know, there's pictures everywhere in our building about people camping and doing things outdoor. And, uh, and they just kind of laugh at me that in Jesse's idea of vacation is going to a Springsteen show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they know you well, you know, maybe someday you'll take an RV to a Springsteen show. And there we go. There yes, go. indeed. It's all, right. it's all good. Yes. That's all good. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm especially curious because, you know, you've got, you, you mentioned at least four. Okay. I've lost count. So. Okay. You've got Doctor Who, Babylon 5, Farscape. So it's at least three different really good science fiction series. Right. So, so obviously you've got like a huge fandom factor in what you do. Right. And. And I'm just curious, like, how, how fandom, I mean, I'm trying to figure out the right way to put this question together. Like, fandom obviously had to come before the podcast, right? Yes. But how has, how has fandom influenced the podcast and how has the podcast changed your approach to fandom? Does that make sense? It does. Um and I'll, I'll actually do Bruce about this, set listing Bruce. Um, 2015, a couple of things happened. One, um, Springsteen and I was a film that came out that was just fans submitting snippets, videos of explaining why they loved Bruce Springsteen's music. And it's a wonderful film that um does a little bit of springsteen in concert but mostly just his interaction with fans and there's a great couple that um he shares that we go to all these beautiful cities with all this art with all these museums and we spend all our time going to a S springsteen show because his wife's the fan he's not and they said if you had one thing to tell bruce what would you tell him make it shorter <laughs> <laughs> Some of us are not enjoying it. Uh, and there's a wonderful scene in the postscript where Bruce actually 
they're they're at a he's at a pub and he sees them outside. And he goes, "You're the guy that like my show. You're the guy that like my show," and brings them in. And uh, Bruce talks to him, and then he invites them to come back after the show. And he, I'm sorry, he apologizes to the husband <laughs> that he didn't make it shorter. And you know, and the husband is just you know like, no, 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 I'm, you know, there's no way I did it. So anyway, that happened, and I said those are interesting stories. Lynette Corolla, uh, who was married at Adam Corolla at the time. Um, did a podcast where she talked to famous friends of hers that were Springsteen fans and they shared stories and she stopped doing that. And I said, I want to hear more of those stories. Um, so I, I went to the guy who owned our network at the time and I said, I want to do a Springsteen podcast. And he's okay. What's a Springsteen podcast? I said, I'm going to talk to fans about Bruce Springsteen and I'm going to just get their stories. He said, okay, that sounds fine. Um, so he hung up. He told his wife, Martha, Jesse wants to do a Bruce Springsteen podcast. I think we'll get a season out of it. A season to him is 12 episodes. <clears throat> I'm at 1,080 and counting. <laughs> um, and so, so what I found is people usually don't – some people like talking about themselves. Some people enjoy visiting. Like I – I love telling stories, you can tell. So, um, but a lot of people don't. But if you get them to talk about something they love, mm -hmm. they will open up. And and I can't tell you how often that someone after they've been on the podcast says, that was really different than I thought it was going to be. That was a lot of fun. I, 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 I didn't understand. I didn't think we'd get that deep or that share, and and I think it's because, you know, we kind of start with the music and then we share why is something it, similar to your podcast, right? Like, what about your curiosity and your creativity is stopping you, and what? How do you push those uh, muscles? I remember you talking about when I had you on, right, that people like, well, I don't have a creative bone in my body. And, mm. and, and we talk about, yes, you do. It's just been pushed out of you. You just don't realize how different creative. And you and I talked about, you know, there's people who can cook without a cookbook. Yep. That would say, I'm not creative. Yep. There are Criminal. people that, yeah, that can tell stories. And just make you laugh, like, but I'm not a creative person. Yeah. You know, they we put ourselves in that box. Well, because I can't draw or I can't sculpture or I can't type out a short story, but there is the creativity is all around us. And there are people that, you know, the people that decorate their house for every season, that's a different kind of creativity. Yeah. That brings them joy and it's there all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times it's just that somebody told you you weren't creative and so you believed it. Yes. Yes. You're you're you don't have an interesting story. And I tell all my potential guests, I've said everyone's got a story. And it's part of my duty to get them all on tape, even though it's not tape, but I'm old, right? <laughs> it's the idea. And because um, 
and and it does hurt sometimes, Nancy, um, when you get a really, really good story that people go, well, man, I don't have anything like that. And I will make a point of, it's okay. In your own way, your story is just as important. It's just as powerful. Um, I, I, I recently had a podcast that I'm really, really proud of. And um, I had, they had been an article about Sarah and um, I was connect, she was connected to me. And so I will urge if you never listen to any other set lesson, Bruce st- podcast, dear listeners, go listen to Sarah Gregory's story. And I will give you in very quick, the bones of it. Um, 20 years old, grandmother murdered by a friend of the family leads her to substance abuse, self-medication. After many years, she got sober, but her butt was, I'll never forgive that man. Mm-hmm. I get, don't ask me to do that. I'll do anything, but I'm not going to do that. You need to do this to get healed. No, I don't. I don't. And she hears a Bruce Springsteen song called A Letter to You. And she heard it in the car and she said it was like lightning striking her. She walked into her house and she started writing a letter. And she wrote a letter to the man who killed her grandmother that was in death row. And she shared all her feelings. A couple weeks later, he wrote back. She was scared to open the letter. Her her husband read it and said, it's okay. You can read it. They jumped. They continued corresponding. And two days before he was going to be executed, she was there. They spent time together. She, his family forgave him because they said, if you, you can forgive him, we can forgive him. Wow. And she, one of the last things he looked at was her when he was executed. All because of a silly song. Man. So I do not, spoilers, I've just told the ending of the story. <laughs> but hearing her story and hearing it break down is something amazing. I, I just, I, I I was so impressed that she was able to share that story with me. And so then people like, well, gosh, I don't have anything for that. I'm going, no, but the story of you seeing Bruce when you were 17 and then 30 years later, your 17 year old son is going to a Bruce show, at the same stadium, hearing the same song is a story needs to be shared. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 That doesn't make your story any less interesting no. or worthy. Yeah. And, and I think that's, um, we, we sit there and we, you, there is so much, there is so much sadness in this world and there is so much darkness. Anything that can bring positivity and light and joy in your life you know, do it. If it's, if it's coloring on a coloring book, you know, do it. If it's making bad looking pottery, we don't care, you know, and I, I, you know, they joke about, right. Like sing loud, sing loud in the shower. doesn't matter whether you can sing, you know, good or bad, just sing your song. And, and I think that's why I love your podcast is that you seem, you are making the point to people Get out there and 
and light a candle instead of cursing the darkness. And that's what I said. When I started this podcast, I wanted more Springsteen stories. So in the spirit of lighting a candle instead of cursing the darkness, I started myself. So do it. Do it, you know, because um, you will be happier yourself. And you have no way of knowing the ripple effect of you Mm. doing this that could help someone else. That is so true. You know, I mean, like you were talking about the numbers before, you can look at the numbers, but the numbers don't really tell you anything. No. You know, the the sad thing, but for all we know, maybe it's maybe it's not a sad thing. I you know, we don't know unless somebody contacts us what the impact is from somebody listening to our podcast. We really have no clue. We're basically shouting into the dark. And hoping that it lands somewhere and does somebody some good. We have and, no clue at all. But and that is know. a frustrating, you know, and so you just kind of have to go. I, I just was listening to um, a podcast, um, uh, History of Rock and Roll and 500 Songs. Uh, Andrew Hickey is the co- uh, host. He um, He is doing this massive project. He is going to tell the history of rock and roll and 500 songs so he does this and someone asked him what's his favorite episode and i'm i wish i could remember the title but he said there was an episode where a young woman sent him a mail email and said the person you mentioned raised me they were my uncle and i didn't think anyone knew his story and you by sharing that story because i had heard him tell it all the time made me smile because someone knew that my uncle made music and now known. Um, and, but we don't get that often. We don't get emails from people or voicemails. Um, gosh, it's hard to get an iTunes <laughs> an iTunes review. I, I, I'm serious, Nancy. Here is the frustration listeners. And, and, and if you allow some self-indulgent, um, Bruce Springsteen will turn 74 in September. And so September 23rd is his birthday. So I am currently trying to make an audio birthday card for Bruce. Okay. Here's the voicemail. All you got to do, call this number, say your name, where you're from. Happy birthday, Bruce. I've got 16 people who've left a message so far. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, guys, it it literally is that easy. Dial the number, leave a voicemail. You know, I'm not asking you to type out a letter and close a self-addressed stamped envelope. And just people are used to this is a one-way communication. And they don't think about, oh, well, yeah, you tell me you want, but you really don't. And I'll do someone else, right? Yeah. And that's that it's sad for something like that. And unfortunately, Mm -hmm. this will go out after that date. That's fine. you know, if you're still collecting stuff, maybe, maybe you'll get a straggler. Yes. Um, yeah. but, but, you know, I'm also thinking as we're talking that in a way, maybe it's a good thing that we don't know the, the effect because we might alter what we do to try to create more of it, you know, and, and it might yeah. become kind of artificial. So maybe it's good that we're kind of shouting into the dark and, and doing our authentic thing and not trying so hard to control how it lands and where it goes. So I thank you for saying that because you asked, what did I learn? 
early in the podcast, I got a one-star review on iTunes, and it said, um, host is okay, but he tells too many of the same stories. Mm. He should build an FAQ. And um, first off, I didn't have a website. And then I, so I was self-conscious for a while. And then I realized that, yes, my listener has heard the story, but in most cases, the person I'm having the conversation with hasn't. So I will, every once in a while, I'll still say, okay. And for Yosef who heard this, you know, skip ahead a couple of seconds. And if it's a really long story, I will edit it out. Like I will say, okay, the the guest needed to hear the story, but my lister doesn't. So I'll edit that out. But that was, I was self-conscious. I was like, no, no, I can't tell that story. And uh, did funny, um, <laughs> someone on the John Hyatt podcast said, God, Jesse sure mentions Bruce Springsteen a lot. <laughs> And my co-host said, does he not realize who you are? So I went a whole episode without mentioning Bruce. Um, and and Sylvan laughed at me because she could see a couple places. I was like, and uh, so we now have made it a drinking game. Do you re- Are you aware of the drinking games, right? The different social media sure. drinking games? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like especially in fandom. Mm-hmm. So we now say, and speaking of Bruce Springsteen, take a drink. Uh, and, <laughs> and and we got to thinking, I hope people understand, like, you know, we're, that we're, it doesn't have to be alcoholic beverage. Yeah, we're not suggesting you get completely, you know, yeah. dangerously drunk while you listen to yeah. this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, and that that's such a great illustration, though, because we do we hear we hear that piece of feedback, and we think, oh, I've done this horrible thing, and I must change the way that I am. And you know, you do too much of that, and you totally lose track of who you are and what you were trying to do in the first place. So you know, feedback can be great to a certain extent, as long as you don't lose track of yourself and what you're trying to do in the process. So, I heard a story from my uh my sister-in-law and it's kind of a stretch but i i think it's close enough um she says kids can't win and she says if you're in the kitchen working and your kid comes in and says hey mom can i get a sandwich i'm can't you see i'm busy you know and so then you go you sit down on the in the living room Mom, can I get a sandwich? I was just in the kitchen. Why didn't you ask me? Right? Mm-hmm. Often that's what happens with us, right? Well, I think it should be shorter. And the next listener, well, I think it should be longer. I think you should ask these questions or no, you shouldn't ask these questions. I had someone, I end every podcast with a Mary question, as you very well aware. <laughs> and I got someone the other day that said, because someone said, I haven't listened to the song, Jesse, I can't answer. And I'm like, okay, no Tell problem. Tell everybody about the Mary question. I will. Um, Jay Armstrong is a honors English teacher that is now retired. But when he was teaching, he would give his um, students the lyrics to Bruce Springsteen's song, Thunder Road. And uh, the song ends with, uh, this is a town full of losers. We're pulling out of here to win. 
Um, but the actual lyrics is, I'm pulling out of here to win. And the question is, does Mary, who is he singing to, get in the car at the end of the song? It is very vague in the actual lyrics, and you can make your own decision. And so that has gotten to be my shtick of, you know, I end every podcast with that question. Whether you're a Springsteen fan or not, I, I tell them in advance, listen to it. And so every once in a while, someone will say, I didn't listen to the song, Jesse. I don't, can't answer. Okay. And I I don't like chastise. I'm like, okay, fine. Had someone said, I don't think you should let them be on the podcast that they didn't do the homework. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> you know? Now, my favorite is someone who says, I don't know but I'll get back to you. And then like three weeks later, okay, Jesse, I'm ready to answer the question. <laughs> like, okay, do you want me to call you and we record it? Do you want to email the answer? <laughs> and they do. And then I've seen them, you know, they'll email me and like, Hey, Jesse, this is blank. I just want to let you know when I was on your podcast, I didn't have the answer. And often because we have that backlog, right. I'm able just to edit it in. Right. <laughs> so, right. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that is. Yes. So that's the Mary question. That's the Mary question. Yeah. Yes. It can, that can be a challenging question too. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, and I think the other thing, since we're talking about right, curiosity and creativity, is asking questions why and, and doing this, why have I always done it this way? Mm-hmm. And should I try it something different? Um, you know, the old thing, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But there is sometimes where, yeah, if it is broke, fix it. You know, if it is, you know, if it doesn't, isn't broke, do break, break it, it, right? Break. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think all of us extremes on either side are bad, but the idea of trying something new and trying something different, mm-hmm. um, and it's okay if you're bad at it, Right. It's okay if you've always wanted to learn a musical instrument, like it's something I've wanted to do the back of my mind and I just haven't taken time because I'm doing four podcasts a week and (laughs) and plus, you know, and reading way too much. But I have kicked around buying like a like a ukulele and -hmm. just playing with that just to have fun playing every once in a while. I don't know about you, but I'll see someone. What would you tell 12 year old you? And my, I always say, my, I'd say, learn the guitar, listen to more Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> and uh, you know, and and uh, and walk a little bit more uh, to try to lose a little weight because the older you are, the harder it is. But yes, but listen to more Bruce Springsteen, learn the guitar, forget buying Apple stock. That's the thing <laughs> you need to do. Yeah. Yeah, it it is an interesting balance to strike, you know, like when you were talking about, you know, everybody has an opinion and it should be longer, it should be shorter and whatever. It kind of reminds me of, you know, listening too much to people in focus groups because there are people who will sit down and listen to feedback that is like all of that. And, you know, well, one person said this and one person said the opposite and another person said something completely random and bizarre. And obviously we should try to do all of it. Well, you can't do all of it. You know, if you try to do all of it, you're going to end up with some strange, weird, mutant thing that makes no sense to anyone. So you have to kind of pick your battles there. You have to figure out what makes the most sense for what you're trying to do. But but yeah, it, it's interesting because it's it's worth challenging yourself. It's worth getting out of your comfort zone. But 
there's also something to be said for this is the way that works for me. Yeah. And so it's, you, you kind of got to just feel for the moment. Is this a moment that makes more sense to do it the way that works for me? Or is this the moment that makes more sense to try something else? You know, yeah. Nancy, right now, there's a little bit, uh, there is a small but vocal group of Springsteen fandoms that are not happy with the songs he's performing on the tour. Um, Set Lusting Bruce was based off the premise that when Bruce tours, often he changes the set list fairly often. So therefore, if you aren't on, if you aren't in the arena and you're following on social media, instead of set listing, you start become set lusting. Like, oh, I can't believe he's playing that song. I wish mm -hmm. I was there. And so he's not doing a lot of that this time. And there are people that, well, he should stop playing this song and start playing that song instead. And my premise has always been Bruce should play what he wants. Mm -hmm. You know, but just he's, you know, his job is to entertain us and either like the show or you don't. Um, but I do throw this. I go, you realize none of us will agree on which songs he has to drop and which ones he puts back in. The song that you go, oh, this is absolutely has to stay on. I may go, nah, we could skip that one and vice versa. And that's the, you. so I, you know, the idea, well, if what I want to hear is different than what he should do, right? Mm -hmm. And you can't, you can give the advice, well, if I was doing this, this is what I would do. But ultimately, you've got to follow your own creative voice. And you have to, um, like, let's say you're writing, right? You, you, you certainly, there will be editors and there'll be people reviewing it and going it. But you have to, the best advice, I, and I have someone saying, I don't need you to tell me, I, I need you to tell me if the story doesn't make sense, not whether you like the story or not, right? Like, mm -hmm. are you like, that's the best advice. Like, I don't understand why this character is doing this. Okay. Well, that will be revealed later. You're where you should be or, oh, that should be very obvious by this now while they're doing that. If you don't get that, that means I've missed something in the storytelling right. is an example of right the kind of creative feedback that's really healthy versus well no i think well no i think she should go with roger you know and you've got her going with sarah well that's the story i want to tell i want to sell her going with sarah yeah and that reminds me of something that i've seen neil gaiman say and i'm gonna totally butcher it if i try to even, yeah. even try to get it exact but it's basically when a reader tells you that something doesn't make sense, you should always listen to them. When a reader tells you how to fix it, you should never listen to them. Yes. I, yeah, yeah. I, I think that is perfect. Right. Yeah. Because if, um, the, the idea, right. Of going, Oh, wait a minute. I don't understand that. Okay. Then I need to do it better, but no, no, no. This is where they get yeah, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Chris, we could say that about Neil, whatever he does. <laughs> yeah, right. 
But but you're also absolutely right. I mean, you will never get two fans of anything to agree on everything. No. You know, I, I saw a post on, on the site formerly known as Twitter, like this past weekend, I think, looking for, you know, the the Doctor Who episodes that basically are universally loved. And I'm like, yeah, good luck. Good luck. You know, the episode that I absolutely love, somebody else is going to hate and vice versa. There's there's the fandom is too big and there are too many episodes and that's just how it's going to be. And that's probably how it should be. You know, it's just there's there's no such thing as the perfect anything. Somebody's going to have an opinion that differs from somebody else about all of it. Yeah, the example I give is many people will tell you the song Jungle Land from Bruce Springsteen's Born to Run album is one of his greatest epic songs. And I do think that, listeners, if you want to go listen to it, it has a brilliant saxophone solo um, that is wonderful. But I just don't care for the song that much. (laughs) And it is universally loved. I mean, people lost their blank when he played it at the last show. Oh, we played Jungle Land. It's been so long. And I'm like, eh. And I know I'm wrong. Nancy, (laughs) I know I am wrong. I know. It's like saying, eh, I don't care for Blink. What? What do you mean you don't care for Blink? Well, just don't, you know? And, um, but it just, it didn't speak to me. The song did not speak to me. So I always give that as my example of, I don't want to give you any, I don't want to give you an opinion, Jesse, because it'll become a controversy. Look, I don't like Jungle Land. So I've given you safe boundary, right? Nothing is more shocking than that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am a little worried because I think Blink is one of the best episodes of any show ever. So, <laughs> oh, that's, I absolutely adore Blink. Okay. In fact, that's my favorite Neil Gaiman comment, right? He said, right? He, and I'm going to get it wrong. He said, um, he's a time lord that he can regenerate to different pieces. Uh, you know, he has he travels in a police box with a TARDIS that's bigger on the inside. Now go watch Blink. There you go. That's all you need to know, right? Yeah, so, that's about yeah. it. It's a great episode. Yeah. If you've never seen Doctor Who before and you want to get an idea of what the show is, there's an episode called, called Blink. It's from the third season of the new series. And it's fantastic. And I highly recommend you watch it at midnight in the dark. <laughs> yeah. In fact, um, Blink is one of the episodes. My wife is not a Doctor Who fan. And every once in a while, um, we do we do swaps, right? Like, we don't swap partners. We've been, we're old and we've been married too long <laughs> that we never would have been comfortable with that. But what we say is, I want you to watch Rachel Maddow for an hour, Jesse. <laughs> And what do I owe you? Well, I want you to watch an hour of Doctor Who. Uh, so, um, and we watched Blink, and Linda's like, that was really good. Yep. And and also, you you didn't need to know really a lot about Doctor Who. Yep. Just It's just a really, really lovely little 45-minute story. Yep, stands really, really well on its own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of a little mini masterpiece. Yeah, it really is. Yes. But there are people out there apparently who hate it. So, you know, and you know, I apparently I, disappointed somebody by confirming that yes, there are people out there who do not like the end of time, like me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are 
one of the things I found interesting is um, when I started watching Who, um, it was during Tenet's, uh, Matt Smith was the first Doctor I watched fresh, and so I had gone through the previous on DVD, and um, I didn't understand anyone having Eccleston as their Doctor. Oh. I didn't get it. I just, like, I don't get it. Like, he was perfectly fine. And then as we're doing the podcast, we've gone back and watched. I went, oh, my goodness. What? He's brilliant. It. This is a shame we only got one season with Christopher Eccleston. Uh-huh. I mean, this is, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Now, you know, Tenet's my doctor, and Martha's my favorite companion. But I do see, I'm like, it just, we should have gotten another season of Christopher we Eccleston. So he just, yeah, he was just Tragic. so good. But... Yeah. But yeah. through the magic of Big Finish. Yes, indeed. We now have so much more Christopher Eccleston. And I will tell you when that first set came out, when we were all still working from home, I would go for a walk every day at lunch because there's a lovely park near my house. And I put that thing on my phone and I went out for a walk and I don't think I stopped smiling the entire time I was out walking. And people probably wondered what was wrong with me, but I just could not stop grinning while I was listening to it because it was just like magic to have him back in any format. We did um, an episode covering Metropolis, Mm -hmm. the one with, you know, Eccleston doing Mm -hmm. and God, that was such a good story. So good. So good. Yes. Now the podcast is just going to be us naming episodes and telling people, go see this, go see this. <laughs> I know. But if you were a Chris Eccleston Doctor Who fan and you haven't listened to the Big Finish episodes, you owe it to yourself. Yeah, they really are. So, so, so good. Yeah, he was he was magic. Just having that back. I didn't realize you weren't a classic Who fan. So, yeah. So yeah. So when, when uh, that show, when it came back, it was just, it was for me, it was equal parts excitement and trepidation. Like, oh God, what are they going to do? But it's back. But what are they going to do? But it's back. <laughs> That's exactly what my buddy Charles, who's my co-host. And so um, I really have learned to adore um, Patrick Trotton, Jamie, and Zoe. Mm-hmm. As the that TARDIS set, I just really, really love those. And for you who don't know, that's the second Doctor. Uh, and Jamie is the reason why we have Outlander. Mm-hmm. For those of you who may not be aware, the TV show and the book series. He was the inspiration for that, yes. Jamie. Yeah. Um, and I absolutely understand why uh, Sarah Jane Smith is just adored the more I watch classic. And and I really do, I, you know, I've enjoyed all of them. And, and um, each of them in their own way. And you really can see how, why classic who was just beloved. You know, and and even as they kept cutting budgets and cutting budgets, you know, there still was just some magic in that. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. To mm-hmm. to make something that lasted that long with no money at all, it's kind of amazing. It absolutely is. Yeah. You had to have some good stories in order to, to pull that off. Absolutely. Good. So... Well, I have loved this conversation, unsurprisingly, and I know that we could sit here and keep going for another hour or two if we aren't careful. Yes. (laughs) But thank you so much. This has been a great time, and I look forward to the next time, too. Well, Nancy, you're welcome to join me anytime. Uh, So to give a little bit, um, 
you know, she gave me a list of AHA songs that I'm listening to, and she's going to come back on Set Lessing Bruce, and we're going to talk about uh, how I felt about those songs. So I'm excited about that. And, uh, you know, we always can have you on Next Stop Everywhere to be a sure. guest companion. We do that. I will send you information about that. Uh, that's that's a lot of fun. We, we'll go, we pick a classic episode, and then Charles and I, um, and we, we do, often it's just Charles and I talking about what we do, what we call the Gross Companion. So like if, if you have a classic episode that I can send you a list of what we haven't talked about, if you go, oh, I love this one, we'll schedule it and we'll have you cool. in. And see that. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. And and I will include the link to my previous Set Lusting Bruce episode. And if you want to send me the one, the, the link to the one you were yes. telling us about, I'll, I'll put that one in the show notes too. I will. So, so yeah. So yeah. We, will, we will meet again. Absolutely, and, we will. And yeah, so thanks much. Thanks. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. That's our show for this week. Thanks so much to Jesse Jackson and to you for listening. Please leave a review for this episode. There is a link right in your podcast app. And in it, tell us about a time when starting a new creative endeavor made a difference in your life. If you enjoyed our conversation, I hope you'll share it with a friend. Thanks so much. If this episode resonated with you, or if you're feeling a little bit less than confident in your creative process right now, join me at The Spark on Substack as we form a community that supports and celebrates each other's creative courage. It's free, and it's also where I'll be adding programs for subscribers and listeners. The link is in your podcast app, so sign up today. See you there, and see you next week. Follow Your Curiosity is produced by me, Nancy Norbeck, with music by Joseph McDade. If you like Follow Your Curiosity, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to tell your friends. It really helps me reach new listeners. Mm-hmm.